All right, so we're gonna we're gonna move quickly. Okay. Uh, so writing for the ear. So we're gonna just kind of. So we're gonna do. I want to talk through. We're gonna talk through these things just to really just communicate the message. And then we're gonna. I want to talk about pitching a little bit. Huh? You wanna? Yeah. So when you're, you know, like, so you guys heard the narration, right? You said it, it felt seamless. Um, you want short and active sentences. Um, when you're writing, like how to put together your interviews with your scenes, right? When you're writing that narration, short and active sentences, each thought should push the next thought further. So if you're thinking of it, like we talked about signposting, right? You, I mean, there are creative ways to kind of like tell one part of the story and you're like, aha, but what I didn't mention is, da -da -da -da. so there's different ways, but, you're, they're di but it, whatever you're saying should be connected to the story that you, that you set it up with. I don't know if I made that clear, but <laughs> we'll give you specific examples in a minute. Um, use specific image and imagery, like don't talk in generalizations. Um, avoid big, broad generalizations. Try to bring your personality and sense of humor and style into the story. Um, so, you know, I'm very sarcastic and or like I might say, like, you know, so I hope that that comes out later on. I think it does. I think I say a line where I'm like, you know, my uncle's worked here and he, t so what does he know about what I'm going through, right? Like that's like, Maybe the most sarcasm I could bring into a piece with my family because I have a lot of, as a younger, had a lot of hangups about the dynamics of what it means to be an African child. And then metaphors can be great, right? So these are all the same type of story elements that you want to bring into your narration. All right. And then good tape. So, I, yeah, I was going to say this so is. So, <laughs> specifically when you're out and you're collecting tape, you want to think about these key pieces, okay? So, you want to think about characters. So, if I'm talking to people, you want to talk to people who are engaging and dynamic and who are going to make you feel exciting. That doesn't mean they need to speak the clearest. That means they can communicate how they're feeling. They can communicate the message that you're trying uh, to broadcast. They can communicate their emotions in whatever way it feels natural to who they are. You want to look for those people, and those are the people who you're going to focus on because they're going to help you tell your story. So you want a specific setting. So understanding if, you know, you want to know, like, where are we either in a scene, where mm -hmm. are we, where is the story taking place? Mm -hmm. And so if you're out in the field, you want to think about the sounds that you can collect that mm -hmm. would help you communicate that. If I'm in a restaurant, I might want to hear, you know, people chattering in the background. Mm -hmm. If I'm cooking, I want to hear the cooking sounds. Mm -hmm. What are the things that are going to help you communicate that this is a specific place, this is a place actually out in the world? And don't be afraid to, like, narrate that. So I work with a lot of young people, and I'm always telling them, like, you know, you can say, all right, I'm about to walk into my doctor's office office okay this elevator is taking forever you know like this kind of like narrating or adding things to kind of you be able to use in the hindsight um, when it's really silent and there's no way to like hear what's going on uh, so action so basically like you, you want things to happen you know whether that whether that action occurs uh, through your through your interview through a scene where you're just documenting something that's occurring in the world, but you want some sort of, uh, we often call it like conflict. Mm -hmm. You basically want something that the audience can grab onto. So mm -hmm. that's what you're looking for either in a scene or in field interviews. So we were gonna play a clip of a report um, someone did during Sandy. Sandy was a big um, hurricane. The hurricane that happened in New York City a couple of years ago. And the reporter um, went, like, heard, got a tip that there was a, a older woman in this building that you know basically could not get down was like had no power and so she she went up to her, to her apartment through the steps so you hear her walking up the steps you hear the woman opening the door right and so like she could have done a hard news story where she just kind of talked about this what was happening in the city and that some people were stranded and talk about her very very like baseline right but it was more interesting to hear her kind of go and find this woman and hear her the sound from her apartment and her hear her call her you know because she didn't have a power you she used her cell phone to call one someone that she could come and help her like that's the way you can use scene tape within a story and then lastly it's got to have a point like you gotta you have to be there for a reason you're looking to capture something so mm -hmm. you know know like you should be thinking about that before you even get to a place what is the ultimate thing that i'm trying to capture am i trying to get somebody to say a specific thing mm -hmm. and am i trying to capture something that's supposed to happen but basically like what is the ultimate point what is that piece that you have to get from being out in the field that's going to make your story work uh you want to make sure to land on that Right. And so we're going to end with um, talking about pitching. Um, but when you leave, if you're interested, we had a whole section on interview techniques. So that's up here. You should come and get 
those tips if you're interested. And we also have some pitch examples for you here. Yeah, so pitching is super important. And I would encourage you, even if you're creating your own show, develop a pitch process for your show. Basically, like, you can make a show about anything. You know, the, a lot of times, like, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the podcasts I listen to are about, uh, are about, like, they literally will say it at the top, we're about race, news, and pop culture. And, you know, and that, that is great, but those are massively broad topics. What about those things? So having a pitch process, having criteria that your stories or your topics uh, that your inter or your interviews, having criteria that these things have to fit into will help define what your show is actually about. Um, and so I want to actually I'm gonna skip ahead and just talk through, I'll talk through this quickly to give you an, an idea. So I'll pitch, so this is a, these are the document, these are the questions that you have to answer to pitch our show, right? And we have to fill this out for every single, uh, for every single story that we do. And what I'll do is I'll actually pass around an example. You can just take a look at how I approached uh, answering these questions. This is like my raw pitch. So there's mad typos and other stuff in there because uh, I'm usually doing it quickly. But, uh, so, so be merciful in that. But you know, this is kind of how you approach that process. I pitch my own show. You know, I'm making sure my stories, my ideas, hit the criteria that it will fit and feel natural for our audience. And so we're asking our question, we're saying, this is a story about X and it's interesting. It's in interesting is the key word. It's interesting because why? So for the uh, example that you are looking at, hang on one second. Uh, so this, this would be a story about Eric Alexander. I'm not sure if, if you've ever heard of the TV show Living Single, it was a popular TV show in the 90s. Uh, I say, this is a story, she's a character, she was an actor, actress in that. So I say, this is a story about a Erica Alexander's career, and it's interesting because she is a poster child for why black TV programs disappeared in the late 90s. And so that disappeared, the TV programs disappearing in the late 90s, that's something you're like, wait, what, what shows disappear? Where do they go? You know, those are questions that are gonna help me drive uh, listeners to listen to the rest of the episode. That's a motivating question. Who is my character? Erica Alexander is my character. She's an actress in one of these TV shows. That character is going to be important, like we said before. Those are the people who, you're, who your listeners are interested in hearing. Uh, what do you envision as a structure? So literally, what is the beginning, middle, and end? You don't have to like, sh like jot out minute by minute what's going to happen, but just roughly, how do you imagine this will sound? Uh, and so then we have like, what are the must-have guests? So, or scenes, like we talked about for this story. So if you're, if you're talking about even a simple two-way interview, for example, like I'm just interviewing Eric Alexander, which is what we did, I wanted her to tell a story about what it was like working on Living Single, what it was like working with Bill Cosby. Like those are the stories or scenes that I felt like must come out to make that episode interesting. And you know, and the reason that we, we wanted to include pitching in this session is because like not, every, not everything is its own podcast, right? Sometimes what you have is a really good story that can fit on another show. And so what Eric has laid out is how to pitch something to the nod, but every, episode, every show has their own pitching document. So if you have a story that might be interesting for Afrotech, African Tech Roundup, yeah. <laughs> you know, they might have different criteria that they will need for something for their show. So I would say first, think about think about where you would want a story that you're working on to go, and then find out what they need or what they will be requiring for you to be able to place that uh, that story on their show. But also think about what is important for your shows. Mm -hmm. Like what what do what what do stories have to have in order to make it the perfect fit? For the, sh for the show that you are developing. Mm -hmm. um, what we did before we actually made one story for the night, we wrote that pitch document. We wrote what these stories should include. We said our stories, wanna, we wanna celebrate or we wanna critique. You know, like those are the things that we felt like our stories had to have. So what is your pitch process for your show? Uh, and then real quick. You wanna let's get Q and A's for the rest of the time? Sure, like sure, sure, sure. Okay. Four minutes. Um, does anyone have a question? We said a lot. I know, and, and we'll actually- Or we can go over prepping, which we won't be able to do in three minutes. I think questions probably, yes. Does Any anyone questions? have a question? Yeah. I can find out. Would, would, would everybody like, there is a final innovation panel in track one, which will close the conference off. Um, if anybody would like to go to that, um, otherwise, would, would, 
Would you we could keep going. Yeah. yeah. Would okay. you guys like like to stay? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, I would take okay. that as a vote of confidence. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so let's go back and talk about like prepping. Okay. So does anyone leaving so anyone have a question needs, for us? Anyone who wants to go yeah. to the innovation panel? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah, it's starting in five minutes. Okay. Everyone else staying. I'm just gonna go and clear it. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Do you want me? Like, I could grab the mic. Oh, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. No problem. Oh, yeah, and anyone that's leaving wants to leave their email to get this presentation or the one from yesterday. Um, okay. Um, can I borrow your pen? Yeah, you can. You can write your. And then there's also a document up here about um, interview techniques. And also, uh, I think. Oh no! Write your email on that one. Yeah. And also, here's honestly, here's my email. If you have questions, you can just email me. Uh, also, here are our, our handle. Here's my handles and our show yeah. handle. <laughs> email you when you send yeah, 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 I'll send yeah. you the presentation. So there's right. there are two email um, sheets going around. Um, I could also start another one up here. Okay. Where the where's the email sheets? Somebody. Okay. Okay. Oh, there's one. Okay. Huh? Interview techniques here. No problem. That's just two. You can take one. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it'll be. We'll link it in this document. <laughs> but you can also look it up. It's called legal status. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna jump back into prep. Okay. So look. Here's the thing. So the reason why we're talking about pitching and we're talking about prepping is because basically, ultimately, you're going to have to edit. Ultimately, you have a block of stuff. Maybe it's interviews. Maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's scenes. Maybe it's sound effects. You have to put all that stuff together. So the prep that you do will really, really inform what comes next. Editing, I'll be honest, I, I love reporting. I love like coming up with ideas. The actual editing, the actual stitching things together. Oh, I love that process. Is hell. Like <laughs> it is terrible. It is time consuming. It will make you question what like why are you doing this with your life? Like literally all those oh, yeah. things. But when you hear that story at the end, you're like, oh man, this is kind of worth it. I want to do it again. I want to sign back up. But the thing that I have found and the thing that I am thankful for is that I found if I write a good pitch and if I prep, the editing is so much easier. And so that's what we're going to go through as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, okay, so we talked about the, this pitch. And so I want to take you through this quickly, this pitch that I wrote before. And so we mentioned what was interesting about uh, this story. So we said a story about Eric Alexander's career, and it's interesting because black TV started to disappear. And so the things that I wanted to hit are, I, I, I researched the hell out of this actress. And basically, like, I looked up this, the stories that I knew that had happened to her, um, the I- other interviews that she's done at different, pl- at different publications. I, watched, I went back and watched as many of her shows as I possibly could. I did as much research as I could to know a little bit of what I think she would say uh, throughout an hour-long interview before she even got there, before I ever even talked to her, okay? And, that's, and that, that research is really important. It might not always, you might not always have time to be as exhaustive, uh, but doing the research to try to anticipate what someone is going to say, what are the interesting things that they're going to hit, will help you so much more in, uh, once you get to prep and once you get to editing, okay? So this is a pitch, and, and we already kind of talked through the important steps of it, so I'm actually going to skip straight to the, to the prep and what's important about... Uh, can, can I add one thing to what please, you just said? Ahead. So I do think that it's important to know everything. Like, research is like the key to being a good interviewer, but I would also say that it would also make you be able to push people further than what they normally say. So a lot of times people are used to getting interviewed about the same thing over and over again. So it's if you, dry. <laughs> it's very dry because they've said it, so they're just saying it. Um, so if you already know it and can anticipate it, you can push them further. You could also ask them. You could include, you know, I heard you say, I've heard you say several times that working, like for Eric Alexander, for example, working on um, the Cosby Show was not as I don't know. If she said that not as great as you as you as you would as think. You, okay. as you would think. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, this episode, like, I, that was really fun. Like, how was it, how was that actually, how did you actually feel in that moment? You know what I mean? You could actually then go deeper and... And that's yeah. important because if she's told that story a million times, the audience has already heard it. 
You know what I'm saying? And you skipped directly to the piece that they have not heard yes. before. And that's really important. That's yeah. a really great, that's a really great point. Um, so good prepping will save your whole ass life. Sorry, I'm a very, I have a very potty mouth. Uh, but okay, so here's how I, or here's how we at the Knot structure our preps, okay? So you have your North Star. What is the most important thing to take away from this interview? Uh, and so for me, my North Star for this was uh, what happened to all, what happened to all the black TV I had access to as a kid? But what was that like for an actor working inside the industry? Ultimately, everything that I'm talking to Eric Alexander about has to ladder up to that idea. And so you always want to have a North Star for your idea because sometimes you find, you discover things in an interview. You know, you, she might tell a story you've never heard before. And that, that's great. You want that to happen. <laughs> but you also want to try to drive it back to that point that you're ultimately trying to communicate. So having a North Star is really, really important. And then you have ideas, okay? So there's also, and I'm actually going to give you an example of this. Um, and so here's just a basic structure of how we, oh, actually, let me not give you just more than one. If you can take one and pass it down. Um, here's the same. And so then you have ideas. And so basically, this is where, like, these are the, the things that you want to hit on in an interview. So I knew I wanted to talk a bit about her early life and what that, her early career and what that was like. Like, that's an idea, for example. I wanted to talk about, uh, like we said, that story about the Cosby Show. I wanted to get into, we know that the Cosby Show wasn't as great of an experience as she would hope, but we don't really know why. I wanted to get into that. Uh, and so all these things are ideas. And then lastly, you need some reflection. Like, you want to know what this means. You don't just want to hear somebody tell their story. You want to know what their takeaways are, what they've learned from life. So you want to end by asking kind of reflection, like reflection questions that get them, that take them out of their comfort zone, that get people to give you something that you might not have been able to guess yourself. And then, honestly, you want to figure out ways to get out. <laughs> what, is, what is that final question that lets the, lets the person who's talking know that, okay, we're wrapping up, and this is the final idea or this is the final thought that I kind of want to hit on? So you might have one question like, uh, if I'm talking to Eric Alexander about her career, my ender question might be, well, what advice would you give to other people coming into the industry mm -hmm. that you didn't have as a kid? So that's forcing her to, one, put herself in that position, and that's forcing her to think about other people. Mm -hmm. And usually you can close on some idea like that. And so um, enders are also a way to kind of get in the, a creative conceit. So um, I used to produce a show called Represent, which is a film and television podcast. We interviewed people of color, women, LGBTQ folks in the film and television scene and so Aisha Harris who was the host would always ask can you tell me about the last time you felt represented on screen that was always her last show and it was also something that the audience came to expect so from everyone from the set designer on um words this week has escaped me um Spider-Man sure no but it was the anyway yeah, yeah. Spider-Man <laughs> but that's not a black show yeah, sure. The new movie um, is. But yeah, 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 yeah. To like, you know, Taraji P. Henson, like everyone will answer the same question and that made it feel, you anticipated it. Okay. Uh, and so coming back to your ideas. So ideas have components. They have, they have setups. So you might have, in order to get her to talk about the Cosby show, you, you might want to communicate. Well, you talked about You guys the know the Cosby show? Yes. Okay. okay. All right. All right. I, was, I don't know. I'm always wondering, like, how far did it go? <laughs> uh, so, you know, you've told this story about the Cosby show before that your, experiencing, your experience working on it wasn't the greatest. So that is taking a piece of information that both the audience needs to know and she needs to know that you already understand this piece of it in order to move on. So what are the things that you need to set up the idea that you're going to talk about? Uh, and so that might include stats, you know, like yeah. it might include some research and maybe there's like an important, uh, you know, if, it, if it's an election, maybe it's the percentage that one candidate won by, you know, there might be other pieces of data that you need to communicate to get into your idea, but you want to make sure you communicate that. And then for each, each idea, you want to have goals. So I'm actually going to share, I'm going to show you guys, uh, maybe I'm not, hang on a second. Let's try this. Probably going to break it, but... We're going to do it. Okay, so this is, let me see if I can get it. This is the actual prep uh, that I use for this interview. And let's see. Okay. And so in each section, 
my editor, who is amazing, thank God for her, but uh, she gives me goals. So for this idea, this was initially about her early days. So I have my idea, like, growing up, who were the actors and TV shows that you loved to watch? I kind of want to get her to talk about. These are all just questions about getting at her early days. That's my idea. Uh, but my goal was she's trying to come, become an actress at a specific time, you know? Like, this is, the early, this is like the early, early 90s. What was that like? And what was TV like? What was it like being an actress at this time before black TV shows disappeared? Because, again, that's my North Star. And my goal is no matter what questions I ask, even if I go off script to my questions because I want to respond to what she's saying, ultimately, I'm trying to get her to illustrate this. And so you want to think about what your goal is for each idea that you're trying to do. That'll help you, again, interviews go off the rails all the time. <laughs> and you want to think about, still, what is my goal? What is my North Star? Because that'll help you kind of find your way back. Um, okay, let me see. What? Let's move this back over. But I will say, too, like, sometimes it depends on your personality and the kind of show that you're doing. Because I'm, I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, that could actually be blown up if you're the type of show that, like, you're, you know, the show's about nothing. You know, or, like, you have, you're a person, like, for instance, Mike, Mike Pesca, who has a show on Slate. He has a, he's a big personality, and the, the conceit of the show is whatever he cares about. He's, people tune in because they care about him. So for him, like, that pitch, he would hate like me going in and giving him a goal for his question because the goal for his question is whatever he wants it to be. But again, that's yeah, still a goal. That's still a goal. You still yeah, had yeah, a goal. Yeah. You like, know what what are you like, most interested in? It can in? be as loose as you want. It can be as specific as you want. Yeah. But have a goal. Ultimately, you have markers that you're trying to hit. Ultimately, I think he's looking for something that interests him. Yeah. And that is the thing. And the that's thing that a, he's never heard before. Exactly. The thing that he's never heard before. So that can be a goal. You don't have to make it complex. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the last thing is these stories. Stories are your, are your bread and butter. You want, like, stories are the things that illustrate people's points and ideas. They're the things that help you empathize with someone. So, like, we often, you talk about uh, telling specific stories and how, you know, a lot of times people will say, like, oh, if I'm telling this story about this very specific thing that you would think never happened anywhere else, you know, how are people going to relate to that? But the truth is people will find elements in those stories to, to empathize with, to be able to put themselves in that position. They'll think to themselves, what would I do if I, were, if I were in that case? You know, like, man, what was that really like for that person? So there are ways to kind of like, like those stories help illustrate that. They help pull your audience in. And so ultimately when you're drafting questions, a lot of times you want to make sure to ask questions that will get someone to tell you a story. We do, this, we do this for radio, but often people are very intimidated when there's a microphone in their sure. face. I'm just curious very quickly, what, or after, what equipment do you use? Do you mic them? Do you sort of warm them up to, to be able to communicate in, in a natural way? Yes. Is it, is it, one, you always want to mic them. Uh, and it is weird. Like the mics, you know, the mics that we use, especially when we're out in the field, like uh, we typically use like a shotgun mic. Uh, so it's like really long and you're usually holding on this thing that looks like a, it's called like a pistol grip. Uh, and it's like, it's, you know, it's really intimidating to have that. And you have to get pretty close. You have to get like right in front of somebody's face. So a lot of times one of the things that we'll do is like you have a conversation, treat a person like a person. And so, you know, as you're setting up, you might start micing them early. You'd be like, you know, you know, tell me how your day has been going, like, and get them, get them used to the fact, and as you switch back, like, tell me how your day has been going, and then you pass it back. Get them used to the fact that all I'm doing is going from here to here. And if you, you might also want to structure at the beginning, if they're top of your conversation, sometimes usually those questions that you ask, a lot of times they never get used. They're not great I, not for typically. Recording. Yeah, they're not typically great for recording. Because keep in mind, it's going to pick up a lot of times a significant amount of ambient noise. Like if I move, you know, it's, it's going to pick up all those things. Uh, so I would worry less about the, the thing that will make your, the person you're interviewing give you the tape that you want is the rapport that you establish yeah. with. So, I mean, I was just, um, we didn't get to go over this, but on here, be engaged. And I always say, like, that is the most important thing. Like, if you're smiling, if you're, like, it's, it's sometimes depending on the kind of interview it is, you don't want to be, like, you don't want to react. Your reaction can't be in it. But there are non-communicative ways that you can engage. You'd be like, I've gotten so good at being, like, 
You know, like the things that, <laughs> that your facial expressions, like that's how the person like knows that you're engaged. And like the more engaged you are with them, the less they'll hopefully forget about the mic. Because getting good sound to me is also like the most important thing is being engaged. The next most important thing is getting the good tape. And in, 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 that, in that being engaged, like react like a person. If yeah. somebody says something cra like crazy, be like, that sounds crazy. Like, how does that feel? You know, like, be, the, you know, think you want to sometimes act as the audience. Yeah. You want to communicate those ideas that you know the audience is going to be feeling as you're reacting to something. And all those things make it feel comfortable because, like, they're like, right, yeah, it was crazy. Like, I, I went through this, like, wild experience. And, and, and then they share that thing that they might not have shared before because you've, you've put yourself in that, in that position. And I would say be, the more comfortable you are, the more open people will be. Like, because a lot of times we are hung, at least out in the beginning, I was hung up on my own. I was like, man, are they really going to answer my question? Like, are they, like, I'm asking you this really personal thing. Is that okay? Um, and I would say, like, oftentimes, at least from the type of storytelling that I've done, people are actually so appreciative that someone is asking them what I'm asking them or, like, interested in the thing that I'm asking. So, like, Think, instead of thinking about like, I'm, I'm taking this thing from that person, think of it like you're giving them an opportunity to tell their story, to yeah. share their story on a bigger landscape. Erica Alexander, at the end of that interview, she said she had never had an interview like that before. She had never been asked probing questions. She had never been pushed to tell like, what she felt about a thing. She ended up sharing a story that she had, frankly, never really told anybody before that she gave me. And she said it was because she could tell that I cared yeah about what she was telling me. You want, your inner, you want the people and your subjects who you're talking to, your characters, you want them to feel like you care so much about what they are going to say. And you should if you're passionate about it. Uh, quick question. Yeah, I just have a bit of a technical question. Sure. Um, I'm, a, I'm a sound engineer and I work on a uh, number of podcasts that have different topics, you know what I mean? And I also work on uh, TV and radio side, and there's I've got, uh, there's a breakup show that I that I work on. on I love those, TV. By the way. <laughs> I, I love those shows. The breakup show that I work on, and um, when I'm adding sound effects, uh, post production, all of that, because the drama is already there by the nature of the show, mm -hmm. yeah. it's much easier to you know to impress the story or to to to, to highlight the story or support the story. But whereas uh, one of the podcasts that I do, which is more for current news um, podcast, you know. How do I translate being able, because just because the current news uh, uh, show doesn't mean there's no drama there. Yeah. Yeah, but absolutely. I can't approach it the same way as I would approach a, a breakup show in terms of intensifying that, the, the, mm. the, the, the topic at that moment. How do you then approach those two, those two worlds? Well, I would say, so one, it's an excellent question. And it was it's one that I would want to, like personally, I want to dive into like a specific example to yeah, give you like yeah. uh, different ways to ideate because I don't think there's one solution that fits all. But a lot of times what we'll do on the nod to set something up. So there are interviews where like it's weird to put music under it. Like somebody's saying something and like you could score you, in your heart. You want to score it, but like it's just strange. It would just distract from what they're actually trying to say. So one thing that you can do is set people up before you get to that. It might be a piece of narration that you can score before before you get into that story that sets people up for the idea that this mm -hmm. person is going to share something that's going to make me feel a certain way uh, and so maybe you frame you know I'm, I'm not sure how the the news program that you uh, produce or that you work on goes but is there a way to set up the beginning of that segment with uh, with some music that might uh, prepare you for the feelings you're going to feel after but the truth is honestly it's going to be it's going to be different and almost each case uh, and is the it nerd a, is in it me. Is it a talk news or is it like <laughs> yeah, a hard like, news? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, there, yeah. <laughs> so there's my co-host and I in studio mm -hmm. and we typically have one guest with us and, and sometimes a guest um, from a studio outside, well, an outside studio. And um, he's actually helped us bring those elements to the room where before it was really driven by the theme and you know what we thought was important and what people need to be left with but he started to show us uh the need to sort of dramatically point or in store well storify is it the, the way the, the you're reacting to the the clips or the things that he's playing so it's three so it's three big uh 
three big topics um, uh, that are impacting African tech and innovation as an ecosystem, mm -hmm. and we typically have w one person who we feel um, can speak to at least one or two of those things that we've curated for that, okay. for that can I, show. So that's, so th that's really helpful context. So, uh, so you have three topics or three big ideas that you want to communicate. I imagine uh, each of those can make you feel a very specific way. Uh, and so, again, coming back to kind of that idea that I mentioned before and framing the beginning before you get into each of those big topics, you might be able, that setup is probably where you can help people communicate, where you can help communicate what this is supposed to feel like, what their takeaway is. We do a segment called Three Reasons Why, which is very similar. Uh, and ours doesn't, the, the stinger doesn't change in each one is what we call like just a little piece of information, at least a little piece of music that's gonna set you up for what's coming next. Right now, it doesn't change. Right now, we say the first reason why, and it comes in reason number one. And then the next one, there's like a little bit of music, boom, 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 and you play the reason. And then it's reason number two. But for you, it might be more useful to say like, I like have this, this topic number one, and it's scored in a way that sets you up that this topic is about to be serious. Yeah. Or this is, you know, coming into topic number two, and it's scored in a way that this one might be a little silly. Or maybe this one is scored to say this, this feels more introspective. So there are ways that you can use that kind of framing, and it goes back to the creative conceit idea that we kind of talked about, to set you up for those feelings. Mm. Oh, sorry, which one's first? <laughs> My bad. Um, so I had a question about how do you balance your personality, which is why people are kind of coming back. They want to hear from you, they invested in you, but also the person that you're talking to, because our shows, Interview styles a little bit more chatty, a little more more casual. Sure. We don't really like have set questions or whatever you say. Then we'll build on that. But then like people also want to hear what Bonolo thinks, Bonolo's story in that. So like, how do you balance giving them enough time, but also sharing at the same time? Because people want to hear from you as well, not just, oh, what did you do with your life? And is blah, it blah, live? Blah, blah. Is it a live show or is it pre like something you record and then? So we do a live show, but we are interested in doing podcasts. So people will respond and be like, for instance, I had an interviewee who came back to me and was like, oh, I shared my interview. And everyone was asking about the girl who was asking the questions. And I was like, <laughs> that wasn't the plan, but yeah, it was about you. But like, how do I balance my over-the-top personality within making well, sure you're on the spotlight as well as my guest in studio? Well, one, I would think about it's casting. So like, mm -hmm. I, would, I, I would think about, there, well, there's a few things I would mention to you. So I would start with casting. So if you know you're like, if, I don't know if it's, are you the host? Yeah. You're the person who everybody wants to come back and listen to? Uh, well, one, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. uh, so congratulations for that. But you want to make sure you pick guests who can, like, who can do the work with you. Mm -hmm. You want to choose somebody who can come in and talk to you and have a conversation that's going to feel exact, like, just as exciting as you are. Maybe not more, but yeah. just as exciting as you are. So think about that, and that, that will help a lot. But then it's prep. You know, so then you want to make sure you're choosing people who have stories that you feel like are dynamic that you can respond to. Uh, and so that, that will also kind of help you balance the scales. If you're thinking about, if I ask this person this question, do I know a little bit at least of what they're going to say? That will help you uh, put them in a better position to be on more equal footing. And for how you. do you like bring them up if they, because like we interview a lot of artists and who they are on stage and who they are when they're behind the microphone is two different people. Yeah. You get a lot of one word answers and you're like, yeah, I'm well, that, I mean, I don't know if you, you have time in to do like um, pre-interviews, pre but that would help a lot. So you get a sense of that before they actually come into the studio. A lot of them rock up late, so sometimes yeah. they literally walk in <laughs> when they, when we're supposed to start. Yeah. So you would only get a lot of time to talk to them, and sometimes it feels like pulling teeth, and then mm -hmm. we end up kind of filling the space yeah, yeah, yeah. with jokes and. Well, is that the kind of thing you could be forward. honest with with your audience and say, like, you obviously look like you just woke up. You know what I mean? Like, I think audiences are very forgiving if you tell them what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. I would tell them what's going on and not be afraid to let your personality come through because if the interview is dry, people are going to come back for you. That is what's going to drive people back to your show. So but, I wouldn't apologize for that. Yeah, but the, a couple things on that note, though. I would still say, you, like, 
coming back to the pre-interview idea, even if you can find 10 minutes to just get on the phone with somebody, because a lot of times what that does, if you're asking them, okay, you're like, so this is kind of roughly what I want to talk to you about. These are like kind of, you don't want to give them your questions, but you might be like, you might ask them a couple adjacent questions to like what you would actually ask in the interview, but that's getting them thinking about the type of, I know I have to be responding to these types of questions in this type of way. If you can do that work with them before, by the time they get to you, even if they're a little tired, they'll have some idea that, of your expectations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then also the other thing I was going to say is like, you want to make sure you, you're doing the work to like, anytime I sit down uh, and I'm talking to somebody, even if it's somebody I don't particularly like, I say, I'm going to do the work to make you sound as good as possible. Okay. Even if the, even if I, even if I'm framing this, this interview as like, oh, this person said something that's kind of, it's kind of messed up. I'm making them sound as clear as possible in that messed up idea that yeah. I'm going to respond to. Yeah. You know, so you want to make sure that you're doing the work uh, before your interview and in the interview to get that thing out of that person that's going to make the audience understand why the hell you had them there in the first place. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, just write some, just write some scripting. If you're that bomb, you know what I'm saying? Just like, just write something that communicates your idea. You, you mm -hmm. might not, that, that might not have been the person you should have been interviewing. So I've just been very curious about like, one-person narratives, um, completely cut out the interview wheeze, interview section. Mm -hmm. How do you make that setup dynamic? Because I have um, thoughts concerning Wendy Williams's hot topic section. Sure. She's very dynamic. You know, yeah. she keeps the viewer. Mm -hmm. You know, and she used to have a four-hour radio program that I listened to every single day. Yeah, that was basically so, just that. Was that. basically <laughs> just hot topics. Yeah. So my question is. How do you engage the listener without having, you know, video elements to kind of keep them engaged? We, but she, um, but she is in, on but, podcast. But she is like, you know, and then she says this and then she's just a masterful storyteller, right? So she is kind of like providing those elements. And sometimes she'll be like, I imagine that he said blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? So she, because of those her personality, scenes. those are scenes. You know, that's creating a scene. Yeah. So, you know, there, I think a lot of this is about, again, coming back to the prep. So, like, you know, if you know you're going to be talking for a significant amount of time, you're talking about hot topics, you want to prepare, maybe you script a rough, like a rough draft of that, and you make that script as exciting as possible. And then if you have a really good engaging host, they'll ad lib and, like, bring other things in. But you might not have video, but you have audio. Can you play clips? Mm -hmm. Can you, you know, what are the things that you yeah. can use? To, can you have, like, sound effects? Like, what yeah. are the things that will break Her up? radio show had a lot of sound effects. Yeah. Another thing I will say that it, took, it takes, what, 10 years to be an overnight success, right? <laughs> Wendy Williams have been doing this forever. And so, yeah, she seems like she's engaged, engaging now, but that's because she has a lot of experience. She's pro. She could do it off the cuff. Sometimes I notice that she actually isn't prepared, yeah. <laughs> right? But that's because I'm a producer and I could tell, like, that was a little weird transition. Well, you know, but she has earned the right to be able to do that. So I would say, like, be kind to yourself. Like, you know, try it out, do it. And then one day people will be like, wow, you did that so easy. That's great, <laughs> you know, and you're like, well, I've been doing this for 10 plus years. Um. <laughs> All right, this is not a question. This is just like to, to you, right? Mm -hmm. So like with artists, for example, like when you interview an artist. So what I do, right, is I look at the artist's life. So for example, I interviewed MT. So everybody looks at MT, for example, as that guy that sips lean and he smokes weed and he's always slow. But I looked at his life and I'm like, yo, but this guy's Instagram is flooded with these son's pictures and no one in South Africa really speaks about that. And when you look at South Africa, a lot of kids have absent fathers, right? So I kind of switched it up and I'm like, yo, bro, instead of talking about the usual, are you high? I was like, yo, <laughs> I, I like the fact that you're always posting your kids, you know? And a lot of people don't do that no more. In fact, out of five of my friends, only two of us have our dads. And then that gets him to open up and say, yo, look, man, thank you for that question. I've never got that question in my life. I love my kids. I love this. I love that. Then I went on to say, listen, in your music, I heard you always mention this guy called SK. Who's SK? What did he mean to you? No, SK was a guy that I grew up with. He passed away. And during the interview, he started crying, right? So for me, that's like my research, the music, and also just take a look at his life from like a human point of view, not how the fan will look at it. That's, there's so many things that we just talked about in there. So you hear research, you hear prep, yeah. you hear trying to find the thing that he hasn't been asked before. Like all, there are so many pieces of like of what we've been talking about that are in even just that small snippet of what just happened.
And you got him to cry, which, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I think leads into my question, or at least my comment, that then what do you do when he starts crying, you as a host, then, you know, how, how do you react to this situation and how does that then affect your, your piece? You be and, a, and, the, the, and the same way thing, you would react if your friend cried. Yeah. You'd be like, are I'm you okay? Sorry. I'm that's sorry. A, that's, like, yeah. That sounds tough, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Well, but we I, should talk about that's a, like a whole nother that's a whole nother thing what did you do what did you do, uh, what did you do? I like I spoke about like how hard is it to just lose a friend yeah and then, yeah and I, I kind of wanted him to speak with the tears in his ear in his eyes so that you can almost hear the mumbling in his voice yeah. so that the listener can be like he's actually crying you know so yeah. it's crazy I mean, it it's like if in hindsight it feels manipulative, but that's good that's, storytelling. That's good interviewing, yes. straight up. That is good interviewing. But you had a question too. Uh, well, no, another comment. Just because uh, I think that's what I find that with presenters, with hosts, then you, you end up going, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. And the person is talking and you go, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Those listener sounds, which then yeah. for an editor, a sound engineer, they have to then, yeah. it's a nightmare to try yeah. and Yeah, but you, you want to challenge your host and yourself not to, to, be, yeah. not to just, you shouldn't be co-signing yeah, everything. Yeah. You know, a lot of times yeah, you'll, see, yeah. you'll see people interviewing, they won't say anything. I won't, I'll try, I try my hardest. I don't know, I, I often fail at this, but I will nod when I'm yeah, hearing something Yeah, you can do non-verbal. Right? I was, I highly, I've, I also edit. I, yeah. So I think, yeah, I know that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I would love to be able to just cut this down, but I can't because you're saying, mm, uh, mm, you know, throughout word. the whole thing, oh. word. Like, yeah. You know, so like training your, and that goes back to the prep, training your hosts not to always, to be aware of that. Yeah. And, and sometimes at the producer, I'm not sure the capabilities here, but I could say, can you, have, can you just repeat that? And this time to my host, don't say anything. I mean, that's like a little bit more, you know, advanced, but depending on you have on a producer, your, yeah, yeah. You have a producer. And so the, the, the other thing kind of going back with that is you want to go back to what Verily mentioned uh, earlier, which is ask questions and responses even that are going to push a story forward. So yeah. if somebody starts crying, they usually cry for a reason. Uh, if, you, if it's not readily apparent why something that they're saying is so upsetting to them, you know, you don't just have to go, I'm sorry, that sounds really hard. You can go, mm -hmm. I recognize that this is challenging for you to talk about. Can, can you say a bit more about why? Yeah. And so then you've empathized with that person, you know, so you let them know that I care about what you're saying. I hear that it's hard. And you ask them something that's going to make them tell you something mm -hmm. else. Exactly. exactly. Just like, like a, therapist. a therapist. And I, I just want to be, I know, I know, but I just want to be sensitive to about like cultural norms. So when you said the, the thing about like, I don't do that with my friends, like, you know, I think like that's a whole, that's a, sometimes we have to one, challenge those cultural norms. <laughs> um, but two, like, maybe acknowledge what's happening. Like sometimes... If I know someone will be uncomfortable by the way that I might react, which is a very, like, my dad will call me, like, a very, like, I don't know, he's always calling me a feminist, and I feel like when he says that, it's not what, he, I, I take it as a compliment, but I feel like he's trying to say something else, and I'll just acknowledge that, you know, you know, I'll say the thing, and I'm like, I know this might be invoking this thing in you, blah, 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 so say the thing, I, I would say. Um, so I, I had a radio station, and we are in the process of, doing podcasts we actually do podcasts so i insist that every person does podcasts for their show but to realize in a normal radio show unless you have a guest the the presenter is going to make maybe one minute two minutes maximum three minutes link and then the rest is music um i'd love to know how do i use the radio content that is on air because it's like more of a catch-up like if you miss the show you can get it on our podcast how do I, without developing other uh, independent podcasts, how do I use my radio content to make it uh, podcast friendly and listener friendly? I think uh, one thing you might want to just think about as you're prepping for the, uh, for the traditional, traditional radio program, keep in mind that you're going to have to use this somewhere else. So I, uh, one thing I think about is like the language that you use to go you know, into music uh, so, like, you might have some language that's, that, like, completes an idea of what the DJ or what the, the host is talking about, and then you have separate language that introduces the music that is coming. So you might be able to cut 
in between the introduction to the music, which you, you're not going to include in the podcast, but that piece that they've said now feels contained. Uh, and so I think that could be that could be one way to kind of think about approaching that, making sure that the things that uh, the, the host, presenter, or DJ is communicating feel self-contained so that when you come back to stitch them together, uh, that it, it sounds a little more natural. Uh, I, that, that, does that, does that kind of get at what, roughly what you're talking about? Yeah, we'll, we'll continue the conversation. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so among other things, I produce podcasts for the BBC. Uh, they're world service podcast called Outlook. It's an hour-long radio program, which is linear content. And I think part of the answer to your question is you need to produce your linear content like podcasting. So some of it has to be scripted with the podcast in mind. So yeah. in our case, um, it's almost like this, Amer uh, this American life. Sure, yeah. Uh, and he has segmented. introductions, yeah. Yes, there are introductions. They are... So a lot of the show's actually scripted. Sometimes it's actually presented live with pre-recorded sections. Sometimes the interviews are actually part of a live episode with, play, you know, with effects played in. But a lot of the time we also produce pre-produced stuff. So your presenters actually need to think about how their content's going to be consumed after the show. Um, as part of that, it might not be the entire three hours or four hours they're on air but they might need to start thinking about maybe half an hour or an hour at a time of that podcast, of, that, of their sort of shift as the portion that will end up as a podcast so that it's actually something I'd want to listen to even if it's on demand. Yeah. And, no, I was going to say, and also it depends on like what the functionality of the podcast is. If it's just for people that miss the show to catch up on it, then you can put it as is because people already know what they're expecting. But if you're trying to get a new audience, then there's no way around it. You have to redo, you know, there's no way to bring something that already exists and just put it in a podcast feed and think that that's going to grow the audience. So you do have to do some of this stuff. So I, I was also just going to say something as a producer. Obviously, you can pre-produce it or post-produce it, with, but it also are, are the on-air staff people doing their own editing. That's scary. Yeah, but we have like just, four minutes. Yeah, but just, so. there's like one final idea that I just wanted to communicate, and it's really quick, and then we can get just okay. into the rest of the questions. So the last thing is like is is the last point is yes, you should cut that. Like you should you should get rid of the stuff. Like a lot of times we record interviews, and like sometimes they go an hour long, sometimes they go two hour long, two hours long, and like I guarantee there's something in there that you can take out. I like if I if I like if, if I guarantee so a lot of times if you have that north star you want to whittle things down to that north star so as as like painful as it is uh, you want to think about what is the ultimate point of what you're trying to communicate and then cut the other stuff out I guarantee it will make your guest it will make you and it will make your overall podcast sound more engaging and keep people listening throughout because you don't want drop off. And sometimes to do that, it means taking time away from it. Like I often put down my, the thing that I put together, maybe take a day or two and then go back and listen to it if you have time in your production schedule to do that. Cause that would help because the thing that you think is so important that you have to keep in there, the next day you'd be like, eh, like if this is going to mean less people are going to finish it, I could rather take it out. Yeah. There's, there's also just one final, there's one thing I want to introduce the concept of and it's the thing you want to look out for when you're editing and it's called chicken bombs, okay? So a chicken bomb is basically this thing that once you have been exposed to it, you can no longer concentrate on anything else. And so the way it comes from is basically like uh, there's these people who used to uh, make these pranks and they would put like chicken and like soda and like all this stuff in like a two liter bottle and it would like blow up and it's all over and you smell bad and you just feel disgusting after and it's like you, it's just the stink is on you the whole time. That can happen in your interview, you know what I'm saying? And you basically somebody might give you a story that is like so different from what you wanted to be talking about that like you're like how do I keep how do mm -hmm. I keep going like after you said something like that that might be something you need to cut out yeah uh, one time I had a I had a uh, subject tell me a story I was talking about I was talking about her life's journey and she told this radical story about how she spent a night in jail with Martin Luther King and it was the it was the 
craziest story that I had ever heard. And literally my team, like my editor was like, I think we got to cut that. And I was like, the woman spent a night in jail (laughs) with Martin Luther King and we have to cut that. And they were like, she was like, yeah, but because ultimately after that, I don't care what else she has to say. I only want to concentrate on that thing. And ultimately we had to cut that. So just think about the stuff that's going to help your overall episode shine. You know, maybe you release that story as a bonus, but that's a nice way that we we call it. um, Well, I guess the nice way is killing your darlings or drowning your puppies, which is (laughs) sorry, sorry. (laughs) I know. I'm going to go ahead and take this up now. We can just do questions until we get out of here. I just had a note for you. If your shows are just like normal radio shows. So like how we try to end off every link is like look at the song title come up with the joke or punchline or something so that when we do edit it for other things that we need to use it for it's not like oh then we're gonna play this song (laughs) it's like for instance my co-host was having relationship issues whatever and let's say the song title is don't be a f-boy and i'm like oh i do it i'm (laughs) this is for you because you're trying to be a good guy and then end it like that instead of announcing the song title and all the stuff that makes it awkward and you try to put it into other things. Yeah. So maybe, if there's anyone that hasn't spoken wants to do a question? All right. I'm on the question asker. Um, (laughs) I want to ask about duration. So obviously the editor's kind of like a piece of string. I want to ask about what is your your sweet spot duration for podcasts? And then if you're doing like like a two-hour interview out of which you've got to get whatever, whatever. Do you, do you stick to a specific duration in any particular series? How do you do that? Uh, I think it varies. It really depends on what your needs are. So like mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, so most Gimlet podcasts are, are, are fairly short just because we want to make sure, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, oh. 20 to 40 minutes is what yeah. we consider relatively and, and short. And the stakes is we do, like we have, a, we also air it on the radio, so we have to be 22.5. Yeah. So every, every, yeah, it depends on your needs. Yeah. And so like, you know, I mean, honestly, you might record a two hour interview. The, the, the two hours might be good. You can put the two hours out, you know, like it ultimately it depends on what. I, I'm not listening to your two hour podcast. <laughs> but there are people, there are people who like that, you know? So like you want to think about what's actually serving the thing. I would say, you know, if you are going to, if you are going to like have something that is super long, you want to give people a a very compelling reason to keep going at multiple points throughout that time. But ultimately, you know, the benefit of podcasting is that it can be as long as it needs to be. Uh, We typically make it 20 to 40 minutes because that's usually, that's roughly what somebody's commute is. Uh, And so, you know, we want somebody to be able to pick it up you know, when they're running out uh, to go to work and, you know, it's done by the time they listen so they don't have to take a break. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's really up to you. Oh, my gosh. Thank, Thank you, you all so much. So much. Is, I know, we, wow. <laughs> Thank you.